0: hey thanks so much for choosing the haven house of revival sermon of the week we pray that this sermon impacts your heart and it inspires you to change your life and the world around you for god please enjoy the message
1: it's really good to be here guys w- what a, what a morning um, I had a couple people come to me and said it's a it's a a new a new season, or a new a new it's like a, a a new aspect, and all of a sudden you guys are up there saying it's a new day and we're marching around the church and that's what everybody's been telling me. So I don't know if you guys are always this rowdy and you probably are, but you know, I think though there's still something significant at the same time taking place, and uh, I. I think across our nation, things are shifting, and uh, we could stare at the political realm right now, and we might wonder, and many of you are better at knowing the political than I am, but there is a shift that's happening in our nation, and and it and it affects, like we're seeing it here, we're all over the place, you realize that people are no longer, ha- or we're no longer willing to accept just routineness, and just status quo, and just you know, like God is just trying to live life and maybe one day we'll get to heaven if we've gone to church enough times. And man, God wants to be here and now in our lives every day continually. And I realize that if we have this idea that Christianity is just kind of to get into heaven one day, that is just dropping off the map so fast. And thank God for heaven. And, and, and I understand that there is eternal destiny waiting, but there's an eternal destiny that is actually waiting for us right here and now. It's not just when we, some other day, it's right here and now, even this morning. This is an eternal destiny moment. And uh, I don't know this, this is a crazy lady that was praying fire on everybody this morning, but I kind of heard a little glimpse that she said she got healed this morning. Is that correct? Just, can you come up here? I don't know, I mean, I, I mean, maybe she's a, I mean, she is a fireball, and sometimes fireballs can be seen as troublemakers. Sometimes that happens. But uh, um, but uh, I just, I just something, even when seeing that, there's something significant in a word that I've been trusting God to see. And so just what happened?
0: Um, so we, a lot of us come and gather for pre-service prayer up here. And... um <laughs> Dwayne had oil, and he said, whoever wants whoever wants to get hit by the Holy Spirit. And I mean, I felt like, you know, an angel pushing me, and I'm like, I do. So I get up there, and as soon as he hit me with the oil, I mean, I, I tried my best to stand up and be proper, but I couldn't, so down I went. And you know, it's good, because I don't ever like being the center of attention, ever. So I don't want people looking at me, but it's not about me. And so God... I don't know if it was an angel, I felt hands right here doing um, like surgery on my back and I had problems where I just couldn't even walk and some of you saw me a few months ago where I would have to sit at the back in the very soft chair and I couldn't handle the pain and I didn't sleep day and night for three weeks, that's a long time. And so if you're going through that, I just release the fire of God over you right now in Jesus' name. And so while he was doing surgery on me, and I was waiting for him to finish, and they said, I want you to stand up and just release the fire of God and just, like, hug people first and just let them know that they are loved. And so I was just hugging everybody. And, I mean, you know, if you're not used to me, it's like like, woman, stay away, but I mean, I can't, so when God tells me to do something, I I apologize ahead of time before I do it, but um, I just went and grabbed people, and I just like the fire of God, and then, you know, I'm walking by this precious new soul to our community, and God's like, no, you have to get him too, and so it's always, I tell people, it's not about me, it's about, it's about our Heavenly Father, it's about the Holy Spirit, so.
1: Wow, thank you. Yeah, isn't that? You know, a long, a long time ago, I was given a word, and, and I know that it, we're all part of a body, and God uses and everything, but he said, you'll, you'll go to meetings, and people will get healed, and you won't, they'll be getting healed before you even show up. And I just, and I know that people are praying, and I know there's an atmosphere in this house, but yet still, I'm just like, God, you're doing things. You know, those words that you're just waiting for, and you're and you all of a sudden you see these things happen. And so I think, and then I've been told it's a new day, and I'm just like, there's a lot of reasons to say today is significant. And um, so I, I'm a farmer. I, I grew up in a conservative church. I uh, grew up, um, you know, as a young guy, I, I remember I was like eight, 10 years old. I was at a Bible camp, and God spoke to my heart. And He said, when you grow up, you're going to be a missionary. And I'd never traveled abroad, and I see some missionary. There's a bunch of missionary aspects in the house. And, but I didn't understand what that looked like, and I wasn't much good at school, and uh, especially spelling and, and writing reports. And I just thought, God, I thought to be a missionary or a preacher, you'd have to go to a theological Bible school and write lots of reports, and I could never pass them in school. How in the world would I manage in a Bible school. And I just thought, God, you're picking on the wrong guy. Leave me alone. And so I, I really, really, it was a, I just, I tried and to make a long, I mean, uh, I heard one time that farmers weren't drafted into some of the wars, Second World War, First World War, and, uh, you know, so I thought, man, in my mind, I thought, Lord, if my farm, I'm going to establish my farm so you can't draft me into your army. And that was... <laughs> That's uh, just a rebellious heart was what it was but that's what I was doing but you know I realized God was sparing me from the traditional route that maybe I could have gone and it could have locked me into a religious system that just doesn't seem to help and I'm not saying there isn't like I'm not saying we shouldn't study the Bible I think we need to study the Bible but sometimes we our study can just we got to be careful they keep it real and raw and alive. I don't want just a theological knowledge of the Word that doesn't really impact and doesn't really come alive. And I don't want to teach anything that I haven't seen God do. Otherwise, it's just a theology or an idea. But I want to teach what I've seen and encountered God do because then I see that, no, it's not just... I mean, the Bible's real. I'm not trying to say it's not real. But when I've entered into something in the Word... All of a sudden, God gives us an authority in that because it's not just a concept. It's something we see to be real and true. And so about 11 years ago, we had a crazy South African that went into our church. And a couple of people have even heard of him, and he's crazy. I I don't even know what to tell you, but he, he found me in a church, and he said, there's a man that loves God in the middle of, really, I was wanting to run from God. I really wanted to get out the back door, but I was 39 years old, and at that time, and... I, got, I realized I had to make a decision. Am I really going to say, God, yes, I'm going to give you my life and trust you? Or I realized I might have faded out and just realized what happened to Chris. He was such a great guy, and his family was so good. And I just knew I was hanging on by a thread, and I had to, something had to shift in my life. So I went on a journey, and I think God wants to take us all on a journey. Because I would really say up until then, I wasn't going on a journey with God. I had a few moments of encounter. Don't get me wrong. There was a few moments that I was given words, a few moments that things happened. All of a sudden, I experienced God, a few moments. But it was never that I was willing to say, God, I want to go on a journey with you. And, and I thought I might have built houses or orphanages. And I heard there's some guys come back building wells. And that's pretty cool. And uh, but I realized God would say no. I want you to go and learn to trust Him and start praying for the sick and and start start preaching in those African villages. And uh, I know a couple times I would the guy would t- give me the mic and I would speak a couple of words and it really felt like wow that was it felt like it had carried some weight. And then another time we went to a village, and I w- we were go walking we were doing a village crusade in, in Zambia and. We were walking around, and there was a little place with pool tables and, and a little pub or a little bar, I guess, just a small little place, and but there's really no door, you know, just a curtain or something like that. So we were just walking around town, so I walked in and saw these guys in there. And and uh, I thought, that's kind of cool that I could walk in there. But all of a sudden, they were all happy to see a white guy, but it's not many white guys are in some of those places. And I realized I was allowing them to give me my affirmation. And they were the ones like, wow, I'm important. Wow, this is kind of cool. And uh, so that night I was asked to give a bit of a testimony or a word. And so, you know, take five minutes or whatever as a group of us. And, and it felt like my words f- didn't, even, didn't even land past my toes, you know. It just, felt, it just felt like the words I was saying was just dropping on the ground. And I just, that night, I'm just trying to sleep. And uh, I just like, God, what in the world was that? And he says, you're taking affirmation from people that you need to be reaching and pouring into them. And here you are trying to use the people that need to experience God. Not that I'm, not against those people. It's not that. I just was, I had a wrong understanding and I was allowing the people that I needed to minister to to actually build me up. And I'm realizing, God, help me. And I'll never forget that moment. So I took my, I have a couple sons in our family and in like 20." 15 or 16 my whole family we went back to Zambia and we were sleeping in a tent and it's sand everywhere and sand in your bed and I hate sand in my bed that's like the worst and uh, we're and it was hot and uh, we didn't sleep much but we we were even the food is cooking on an open fire but it's so sandy in that area the sand gets in the food and you're eating on this stuff and you can feel it crunching in your teeth and Oh, it's, but we, we ate what they ate. We weren't trying to be, we, we just did that. And, and uh, my younger son and I, we went up to a group of the same kind of people that would hang out in a pool table in a bar. And me and my younger son, and he was, I can't remember, he was 13, 14 years old, uh, and uh, I went right up in the middle of these guys, and I just said, you, I looked, I says, you were the ringleader in the group, and everybody follows you, and you're actually the troublemaker here, and I was just going after them. And and by the end, we we were a week in that community, and by the end, a lot of those guys were coming in the back door of the meetings we were doing, and I know that we prayed for some of them, and it, I just realized the Lord was allowing me to confront my fear and confront The fact that that those are the kind of guys that I used to intimidate and back from. And now Lord is allowing me to reach into their lives. And if they wanted to physically, they could have given a licking on us. But I realized that wasn't. They had no desire to do that. And I realized we got to confront that. And if it happens, it happens. But it wasn't. that They weren't. Man, when you operate in the spirit of God, it changes them. The tough guys lose their toughness pretty quick. You know, it's because they're no longer... They're tough in the flesh, but man, in the spirit, we can be tough. And that can be that that can change everything. And I'll just share in a couple of stories, and then I there's something I want to show you in the Bible that I really think is amazing. I was in Kenya one time, and I actually, if I wasn't with you guys, I would be in a prison preaching in Kenya right now. But it's like a year, a year ago, maybe it's more than a year ago, I was invited, I was in Kenya, and there's a prison there, and they had about 12, 1,500 inmates. I kind of heard a couple numbers, but it's, it was made for 500. The British built this uh, prison back in the 60s or 60s or something, and it was made for 500 inmates, but they don't really care. They, they don't really have a code on how many they can fit. So uh, if you're a young guy and you commit a sexual offense, you sleep with your girlfriend and she's not 18, and you're going to go to jail for 18 years in Kenya. 18 years, if you sleep with a girl that's under 18. And so some of the guys in prison for that reason. In fact, they said that's the largest single group of guys in prison is in prison for that reason. And I could you imagine if that was the case in Canada? Like, now, I don't think everybody gets caught. Not everybody ends up in jail. But if the girl's dad doesn't like you, you're in trouble. You know what I'm saying? And so there's a lot of guys in jail for that kind of stuff. And so, in the, the, the in the jail, it's an open area. They have fields as well. It's perimeter fencing, but there is a smaller compound that you have to have special privilege to leave the smaller compound. And in it, there's a big roof and open sides, and there'd be like eight hundred, a thousand guys that'll come in there, and do meetings. And some of the wildest meetings I've ever imagined was preaching in that prison in like eight hundred men or so. And they had these plastic chairs, you know, the, the stackable plastic chairs. During, during the worship, they almost, almost all of them had these chairs, and they're hosting them over their heads like this, and I never see nothing like it. And, uh, and, you know, here I am, a guy that was a coward. You know, it talks, in, it talks about those that won't inherit the kingdom of God. And what, Is that in Revelations? And it says, and one of the first ones was a coward will not inherit the kingdom of God. And I'm like, God, this is too rough for me. I was a coward of cowards. I, I, I could beat you all on being a coward. I knew what that was about. And then I'll I mean, not that I read my Bible a lot, but when I did, I something like that would poke at me. And I'm like, oh, this is this is too difficult. I can't, I'm like I can't change who I am. I can't force myself to be something else. But the thing is, is God isn't trying to force us to be something else. He, that's, why we, that's why the Holy Spirit is so important. Because it's just not about us forcing ourselves. It's about allowing him to flow with us and come with us. And all of a sudden, it kind can of allow us to do things that our natural person would never, ever do. You know, one of the reasons I was scared of the call of God... Man, I was like 21 years old, and I went to a, a service kind of like you guys in, in Slave Lake, Alberta. Well, we're Alberta, so Slave Lake, and they were from the Vineyard Movement, I think. And back in the day, and uh, there was a, it was a pretty wild place, and like I I wasn't used to those kind of services, and I went in. <laughs> I was think I was 21. I said that, and I was sitting there, and they did a call for something to do with abortion, and I was just a year old older than the cutoff. They wanted everybody to stand and pray for them, and Somebody looked at me and said, why aren't you standing? Well, I'm older than that age. and But then some people came and started praying for me, and they just started getting overwhelmed. And they just said, God has incredibly large things for you, and big purpose and big callings and a big anointing and weight on your life. And I'm just, like, overwhelmed. I wasn't used to this. I wasn't used to people giving me words. I wasn't, I, I just was struggling. I didn't have any, I was a coward in my heart. I mean, I just what it was and i didn't understand these things and uh the, then there was a team and they went and brought their team leader like they went and brought the pastor the bishop man the big guy that hears everything from god clearly you know because these were just amateurs you know <laughs> and, uh, and so they brought him over and and and, I, and they just he just started confirming what they were seeing and i'm just like what is going on god and, so, you know, I was like 21, and eight, life happened, and I became involved in my local church and never would preach, though. I mean, they tried once. I did preach one time, and I preached Isaiah chapter 6. I didn't even understand it, and that's not what I'm going to go today. But it's when Isaiah got touched with the coal from the altar, and, and I just thought it was pretty cool. And then later on, like 20 years or many years later, I started getting a revelation of what in the world? When we get touched from the coal from the altar, we are cleansed. Before we are touched from the coal from the altar, when we see God, we cry out and we say, woe is me. We can't operate in the presence of, when God calls us for something without being touched by the coal of the altar, we say, woe is me. But all of a sudden, he got touched by the coal, which must represent Jesus. What else can do it to us? When we get touched by Jesus, all of a sudden, God says, who will go for me? And all of a sudden, Isaiah could stand up and say, I will be your voice. I will be your messenger. But just prior, he was crying out and saying, woe is me. So if you haven't read that passage, read Isaiah chapter 6. It's it's mind-boggling. And you know, when we get touched from the coal of the altar, when we get touched by Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, something in us, we can stand up and say, woe here, my Lord. And you know, we can't really have Jesus without his Holy Spirit. It's really like Jesus is all about bringing in the Holy Spirit. So if we want to say that we have Jesus without the Holy Spirit, we've missed it. We really can't. You can't function in Jesus without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. So it's like eating but never drinking. You know, you're going to die. You know, if you just drink and don't eat, you're going to die. We we, we aren't made to function on only one aspect. And and so today, I I don't know, I hope that, I hope that it's a good day. I, I, uh, so the Lord has taken me on a journey. In I've been to India about 10 times. I don't even like India. India still scares me. But, man, I've seen God do some powerful things. <laughs> so if God's going to move then I guess I've got to be willing. People say, oh, you must love to travel. Yeah, no, I don't like to travel. I could sit on my farm in Deadwood, Alberta, and I'd be quite happy. I'm not that I don't I'm not that I'm not thankful to come and meet people but I don't have it in me that needs to travel I don't need to travel I, 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 could, I could I could be pretty content um, I've been to Africa I kind of lost track but somewhere 10 12 times I don't know I've been to Kenya and Zambia Malawi South Africa preached in some incredible places in South Africa there's one place called spirit word you can find it on YouTube There was a guy called Kobus van Rensburg. He had, they built a 5,000-seat church, or at least. And he had the, he's passed away now. But uh, when you watch that guy on YouTube, the miracles that would take place in that place was mind-boggling. And you hardly see the walls in the church because when somebody gets healed and you got your crutches, you don't get to take them home. They put them on the wall. And they got crosses made out of crutches, and they've got the walls plastered with crutches. And they had me preach in that place a couple of years after he passed away. And I was like, Lord, this is too much. Such a heritage. Why do I get the privilege of preaching there? And so, the, I would say the Lord wants to take us on a journey. I've been, last November, I was in Malawi. And uh, Malawi, right now, they're getting rain and floods and people are dying in Malawi. It's, sometimes it's the, the need is so overwhelming. So, um, but... I had a word for a pastor in a small group. I was actually with somebody else. And all of a sudden, this guy and I was arranging meetings with us. And in November, we, we went to five different districts in Malawi. We basically touched every corner of Malawi. And in the mornings, we would do pastors. They're not all pastors. I thought they were. And then I realized, oh, you guys aren't all pastors. But we're trying to pastors. And sometimes we have 100, 500 people in the mornings that would come and teach on them, pray for them, just trust God to touch their lives. Then in the afternoon, evening, we would, I didn't want to do this, but we'd host a soccer game, they call it football, and uh, I thought, man, I want people to come just for the raw spirit of God and the power, but sometimes we've got to use tools, I guess, so we had like 8,000, at least 8,000 in a couple of places in Malawi, and then we'd pray for the sick, and I'm by myself, so if you're by yourself, God's power, he can do it all. So I just pray over the crowd, and there's miracles all over the place. There's more I ISIS guys, we don't have time to hear the testimonies, there's too many, it overwhelms me. And just to see people encounter God, and there's so many areas of Malawi that are begging to come back, and the other countries around are hearing about this. And I'm like, Lord, I need help. What do we do? Sometimes it gets a little scary when God starts to use you, because it's more than we can handle. But it should be, because it's designed to be more than we can do. And I was given a word that we're going to host a prayer gathering in, in, on your farm and on your property. But I was in New York, not the city, but the, but, but the, but the state. And uh, I was given this word, and this prophet didn't know where I lived, so maybe he was wrong, but I just, I just was like, he said, you're going to host a prayer gathering, and he knew it was from Canada, on your farm and on your property, and it'll be one of the largest Canada's ever seen. And he said, you'll see 1,000, you'll see 10,000, you'll see 100,000 people and on your farm and on your property. And and I don't know about the numbers, and I just have to put the numbers uh, and just say, whatever, God, you're going to do. But nobody knew who I was. And even our community, people were, like, you know, like about six years ago. And so I started looking at tents and looking at tents and analyzing and God. And Miami Missionary Tent has a website, and they got all kinds of sizes. So I kind of kept looking at the 100-foot-wide tents, 110-foot-wide. So my tent's actually quite small. The one in Moose Jaw that you saw, I settled on that one. I wanted bigger. I was like, uh, but I looked at the price, (laughs) and I don't know how to set this thing up. I don't know what it would be like, and so I was analyzing. I felt like I had to settle back down a little bit smaller, but I think the bigger one is going to come. There's got to be bigger ones, and uh, yeah, there you go. (laughs) I've had a few people tell me they could figure that out for me, (laughs) but uh, so so we call our event what we do on our farm, It Is Time, and uh, we call it It Is Time because if you've ever heard of Angus Buck, and he's a South African, and he's done some huge events in South Africa, and the Lord is speaking to my heart, and he said, call your event It's Time. And I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And then a- I've met Angus myself, and once in a while I can phone him, and he'll, t- he'll answer the phone for me. It's kind of amazing. But a- Angus, I, start, I didn't know it, but afterward I realized he's doing events in South Africa called It's Time. And I was like, God, if you were not weaving the dots in ways beyond my mild, wildest imagination. So for Angus's sake, we don't want to call it it's time. We call it it is time. And that's why we, that's why I believe God's hand is in it so mightily. And so last summer, we had at least 500 people in Deadwood. So if you look on the map, it's 550 kilometers north of Edmonton. So I'm not trying to scare you off, but I mean, it's, it's just a little ways. But... Uh, but it's really not that far. You know, our vehicles are pretty good nowadays. They roll along pretty good. And uh, we've just seen the presence of God touch us in that place. And I really believe that there will be people that will travel from Moose Jaw, and even from farther, if we were Medicine Hat, I guess, but traveling around, and and I want to, and pray for me that my local neighbors wouldn't be quite so scared of me that some of them would actually show up as well. But I really think that God has a significant purpose for us to do it, and uh, somehow it, it, it has to go forward. So this morning, I want to talk a little bit about, about water and rivers and life, and uh, how can we trust God that his life to flow through us. And so Lord, I pray God this morning, God, that you would allow us to see your word, Lord, you would allow us to see a revelation that that could help us in our daily life, that you could help us overcome our obstacles in life. You would, Lord, help us to um, um, have a capacity in you that's larger than we could have expected. Lord, and and you want to use all of us. You're looking for an army. You're looking for people that can trust you, and I see that in this house. So, Lord, I pray that there would be a rising of the people, Lord, new believers, old believers, Lord, leaderships, Lord, and, 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 uh, and uh, even the remnant, Lord, that, that, are, that are here. And they would realize that God has a greater calling on their life than they've even understood. May you bless it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. So I'm just going to read a couple of verses for you. So in John chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus is talking to a woman at the well. And uh, I would believe this is a salvation message. And uh, this is a, ver- a couple of verses. John chapter 4, verse 13 and 14. Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. But, or if you drink of uh, Coke Zero, will thirst again. But uh, whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. And the water that I will give him will become in him. Listen to this wording will become in him a spring of water, welling up into eternal life. So this is a passage that Jesus is talking about, is within her will come forth a spring of water, and I think somebody is digging wells, I heard. A spring of water welling up into eternal life. So we, 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 need, as we all need our own individual well. And so I've heard it mentioned about salvation. If you're new to this church, we all need our own individual well of water, which is our salvation in Jesus Christ. So we all need this. And each one of us have to find it. We, we aren't saved by coming to a church. I mean, and we need to come to church. We need to be around body. We need to be around each other. But But we're saved by trusting Jesus and giving our lives over to him. And in that, he can forg- without that, our forgiveness of sin and life transformation comes from accessing water from the well of eternal life. But now let's just jump over to John chapter 7. Now, it's also talking about water, and, uh, but, it, but it's, ri- it's a little different. So John chapter 7, verse 37 to 39, it says, And on the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, um, dried, if, tried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So I think that's still going back to the first passage I shared. If you thirst, there's a well of water that can quench your thirst. But, th- but then it says, listen, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, out of his heart, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. I thought we were talking about a well. He was talking about a well unto salvation. But now we're talking about out of our hearts, Pastor, can flow a river of living water. What, what, what is this? This is a river of living water. Now he said this about the Spirit. He's talking about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as of yet, the Spirit had not been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So right away, that verse tells me we have access to what the Old Testament never had access to. There was prophets that God's spirit would come upon Elijah, but Elijah couldn't just give out the spirit of God to all the people. He, he had a, certain people were ordained by God, certain people got to have the spirit of God to come upon them. But today, it can be for all people. Today, it can be for the church. It's not just for the anointed bishop, pastor, Jeff, and his wife. Bless their hearts. Today, it's for all of us. Amen? This is the very good news. Now, when I read this, I think it's, listen to this. It says that out of his heart, so out of us, will flow rivers. It doesn't say wells. It says rivers of living water. I don't know if you guys ever heard of the Peace River. We, I live very close to the Peace River, and it's bigger than a lot of the rivers in you guys. You think you have rivers, but you got to get up to the Peace River area. You got to see the Peace River. Now, that's something. And so I, I, you know, you can see rivers can have different sizes and different capacities. Sometimes you see a little stream and a person calls it a river, and you kind of go, ha, that ain't a river, man. (laughs) You call it what you like, but that ain't a river. I think today some of you have some rivers going on, and God is saying to you, call it what you like. You need a bigger river, guy. <laughs> you need a bigger river. You know what? We get so satisfied that we see a little bit of river out of our life. We're so excited we see some river that we're, we're, we we don't realize that, man, that's just a starting point. It can grow. It can enlarge. If you, just so you know, I'm not going to preach forever because I need to get to uh, uh, M- Moosja. Moosja, and if I'm late, it's your guys' fault. So if you're thinking about how long it's going to go, there will be a limit. Okay, just just letting you know. <laughs> so I'm just just bear in with me. This, when I seen this aspect, right, I'm going to show you now. To me, it just blows me away. So go to Ezekiel, Ezekiel 47. Many of you, if you're in the charismatic crowd very long, you know this passage. But I don't know. I've never seen somebody connect it to John chapter seven. Maybe you do. Maybe you've seen that. I just never seen it. So, John chapter forty-seven, um, starting in verse one. What did I say? Ezekiel. Sorry, I need help. Help me preach. Ezekiel forty-seven. It says, "Then he brought me back." So Ezekiel has got a vision from God. God is showing him something special. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and behold, water was issuing from below the threshold. Let's just look at that verse before we keep reading. Do you have it up there? That's awesome. Then he brought me back to the door. Just think about this for a second, guys. So Jesus is, is, or God is going on a vision with Ezekiel. And so he's letting them tour the temple. He's letting them tour something, letting them see something. So he brought him back to the door. So all of us to enter into here. You came in through a door. There isn't even any windows that you could have got. The only way in this building is a door, unless you broke through the wall. I don't see any holes in the wall. So we entered in by a door. So Jesus says, "What did Jesus say?" Jesus, he said in John chapter 10, verse 7. I am the door. No one enters the sheepfold except through the door. You see it, and Jesus said it a couple times in John chapter 10, and he declares he's the door. So when we read the Old Testament, I think we got to see it through the eyes of Jesus. Otherwise, otherwise it's how, does it, how can we relate? But Jesus says he brought me back to the door. So then now today to access the temple... We need to go through Jesus. Amen? Nobody can access the temple of God outside of Jesus. Some of the Jews try to enter the, access the temple outside of Jesus, and it doesn't work for them anymore. They used to be able to do it through sacrifice, but that era is over. Even in your personal life, you can sacrifice your own life like crazy, trying to sacrifice your flesh, but you won't enter into the temple, into God's realm by your own sacrifice. It's only through Jesus. He is the door. He, there is no other way to access but through the door of Jesus. He's, he is, it's the only way. And he brought me back to the tour of the temple. So we should all go to Israel. Is it Israel? He's, he's, he's giving me a lot to chew on. But, but so, we, is it, what temple is it talking about? But didn't the Bible tell us in 1 Corinthians, and we'll throw the scripture on there, doesn't it tell us in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, it says, you are the temple. Uh, um, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? So could it be that this passage in Ezekiel isn't actually talking about the temple over in Israel, the David, the, 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 those temples that were written about, that today it's talking about God wants his temple to dwell in us. And I believe you can look at yourself, but I believe in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, um, it also tells us, again, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And, that's, and the Holy Spirit, you can't really separate God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Because it said the three are one. So you can't really separate them. So if we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, we really are the temple of the Lord. So if you're looking for some other temple to experience God, I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, we can experience God as a body, and there's something that happens when we come together. I know that. But at the same time, it's because the temple of God is dwelling in our hearts that when we come together, it unleashes something. So we can meet out in a field in the temple, and and we can come together. Amen? And even when we're by ourselves, we can expect to meet God, because even when we're by ourselves, the temple of God is within us. Amen? Amen? So could it be that this passage in Ezekiel is talking about us? It's talking about our life. It's not about some destination, unless it's, it is time in Deadwood. Of course, then it is. But otherwise, but I just had to say that. But um, I mean, you don't all have to come. But I know I'm going to see a few of you will make the trip, and I, and and uh, I I think you're going to say it's worth it. And I, I'm not bragging. It's not bragging. I've just never had someone leave yet well, actually, we kind of did, but I'll, but we never, people don't leave and say, man, that wasn't worth it. They say, we're putting it on next year, but because anybody can come, we don't limit, and we provide food, no charge for food, we don't charge, we usually, one of them is a roast beef dinner, we don't, you know, my wife doesn't let everybody, It. we go for it, we go for it, and uh so far, we've always had expectations a little high, and we have leftover food. And I'm looking, I, I'm looking for the day when and it's like everybody goes, "Oh boy, there's more people than we we're expecting." So you can register on our website, itistimecanada.com, and uh, by all means, it helps us. But if you realize you're not sure, uh, don't tell my wife this, but come anyways, even if you never registered. <laughs> now, now it helps us if you register, but. We realize that only 20% register anyway, so really, in a way, it doesn't matter. But it really does help us if you register because they have an idea what to plan for. So really, even in, in it, we have to, Lord, what do we do? And uh, so, anyways, I'm not, I'm not just trying to put a plug in, but I just feel like that's what God's calling us now into. So how do you avoid that? So, anyways, I believe this passage is talking about our life. So he brought me back to the door, which is Jesus of the temple, which I believe is us. Um, and there was water. And we were reading about water in John, about the well of water, the river of water. So now he's addressing the water, which I think could look like the Holy Spirit. And, um, and there was water from below the threshold. Let's just read a little bit. I'll try to go quick. Um, below the threshold of the temple towards the east. And the water was flowing down from... Down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Then he brought me out by way of the north gate and led me around on the outside to the outer gate that faces towards the east. And behold, the water was trickling. See that? Just notice these little words. Right now the water is trickling out of the south side. And going eastward with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a 1,000 cubits, and then he led me through the water, and it was ankle deep. Now it's ankles. And then he measured a 1,000 cubits, and led me through the water, and it was how deep? N- knee deep. And again, he measured a 1,000, and he led me around, and now the water was waist deep. So now think of a river. When you're in waist deep water, especially think of a mountain river where the water is flowing fairly quickly. If you're in waist deep water, and maybe some slippery rocks. It's very hard to hold your footing. In fact, if it's a fast-flowing river, you won't be able to hold your footing. You'll get knocked off. And I and I think just think about this. Sometimes in ankle-deep water, we can be in a pretty fast-moving water body and ankle water, we can kind of stand there and not have too much concern. But as the water gets deeper, it gets harder and harder to stand in the current and not get swept away. But I don't think God wants us to stand in the current. He wants us to get swept away. He doesn't want us to get anchored, ankle deep. Because really, we kind of are measure of the spirit. But really, we are still stuck in ourselves. And we are allowing a little bit of a spirit. But we're kind of still in control of our life. Still in control of things. And God wants to take us in a deeper walk with him. Where we, we cannot anchor ourselves in our own strength anymore. He wants us to completely let go of ourselves, and completely trust Him. And that's where I really find we find true victory. That's where we find. When we're we in the ankle of the river, you know, God's moving His spirit. We love Him. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And you know, but really in the end we're thinking about our everything about our own life and we're always still thinking naturally. We can be in the river a little bit, but yet it doesn't really seem to affect us very much because we're still anchored in natural things. And the Lord is saying today, let's let's quit being anchored in natural things. I'm not saying quit your job, that's not what I mean, but quit putting our faith in natural things and and, and completely allow God to allow us to move in the river. We we man, I we've seen our farm get blessed. And the, uh, uh, we had a crop of peas last year that blew me away. And I I, I feel like sometimes we can, when we learn to trust God, you can put more investment into something, but you can trust him, and then all of a sudden, the multiplication becomes even higher, and and when we're in the ankle deep and knee deep, we're always worried if it's too drier, we don't get irrigation, but we do get probably more rain, so it's less of an issue, but You know, what? when we're so thinking about the grain markets and if it's going to rain and if it's going to freeze because we can get frost quicker up north, and you're so worried about all the environmental factors, you don't want to put much money into the crop because it might not come back. And then we get the returns are not that good, and we wonder what to do. And I tell you, when we learn to flow in the river, we're a little bit freer to just know that God wants to bless something and we can put everything into it. And all of a sudden, we can see a return that is so incredible. And, and, and I, I, do I think the gospel is about finance? What I know is I need finance for the things God called us. And so we've, we haven't had a lot of outside help. We've had some help for sure. And I think that's a new season. Again, like I'm hearing, and I believe it's a new season. But I felt like the Lord wanted us to go as far as we could on our own finance before I could really expect a new season to open up, and uh, I really, God has called us to too much. I don't care how much my farm is blessed; it's more than we can bear. It's a bigger load than we can bear, and I know that that's a new season. That it's, but maybe if we weren't willing to to put in what we had first, why would we expect every everybody else to jump in? So um, let's try to read. So we were, we, now we're waste. Verse five. 47. And again, he measured a thousand cubits of river, and I could not pass through, for the water had risen. My Bible says risen. The water had, had risen. It was deep enough to swim in a river that could not be passed through. You can't stand in the river of God in the fullness of of revival and ideas that we have that God can do and yet hold on to our natural ways of thinking. If we're going if we're, if we're to try to be Canadian and have a Canadian mindset and whatever that looks like and swim in the river, you ain't going to make it. I, I had some African pastors. We were talking about, you know, f- finance and just trying to help them a little bit in those realms. And they said, well, you... One guy asked a question and said, well, you're from Canada or North America, and everything you do just turns into money. I mean, I don't know if you guys all feel that in your life, but that's their their perspective, you know. You're white. Of course, money just falls. Like, you probably just sit there, and money just falls out of the sky and lands on you, you know. And I'm just like, I said, sir, I'm going to tell you something. As a Canadian, I had to learn to walk away from my Canadian identity because if I was ministering to you guys as a Canadian identity person, I wouldn't even be here. My, my bed wouldn't be comfortable enough, you know. I'd be too worried about the food they're going to offer me. You know, there's just all these factors, and you're just going to think like a so-called Canadian. You're just not going to do those things. So I looked at him, and I said, I'm kind of tough to tell you, and I was the only white guy in the crowd, but I'm sorry, sir, but you have to walk away from your African identity as well. Because until you can do that, you're going to be stuck. And, and, and I was like, Lord, I, the Lord gave me the grace to say that. Because not everybody would have the grace to say that. But he gave me the grace, and I thank God for that. And so we've got to get out of our own identities. Maybe it's your family clan. Maybe your family is a rich one or a poor one. Or, you know, maybe, maybe your family always gets cancer. Walk out of that identity, too. Quit thinking it's just going to be your lot in life. Well, they all get cancer. Uh, Break break that thought off of your your thinking. And so um, the water's too deep. Then he said, verse 6, And he said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he led me back to the bank of the river. And as I went back, I saw on the bank, the river, uh, very many trees on one side and the other. And he said to me, The water flows towards the the, uh, eastern region and goes down into, these are big words for me. Can somebody help me? Arabah enters, goes down into Arabah and enters the sea. And when the, did I skip a line? Arabah and enters the sea. And when the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. And everywhere, listen to this. And everywhere the river goes, everything, every living creature that swims will live. Where does the river flow from? Out of our innermost being. Jesus said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Out of us. Out of us that believe God and allow his spirit to flow. It says, if you believe in me, it said in John chapter 7, as the scriptures have said. So the scriptures must have talked about this river. So, as the scriptures have said, out of our innermost being will flow rivers of living water. So, if, if the scriptures are already declaring it, so we would have to go into the Old Testament to see what the scriptures said because Jesus said, as the scriptures have said, out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And everywhere will live, wherever the river goes. And where. The river is connected to us. It's connected to from us. So it's not just Jesus. This is kind of a, we love Jesus, okay? I'm not taking away Jesus. We need Jesus. But it's not just Jesus. It's wherever the river goes and the river is, Jesus said, it'll flow out of our innermost being, out of us. And so wherever I go, it says everything will live if I believe the way the scriptures have said and I read in the scriptures about a river. I think this is a very clear passage about a river. And, and we'll keep, we'll live. And there will be many, and there will be very many fish, for this water goes there, and the waters of the sea may become fresh. So everything will live. Again, it says, uh, wherever the river goes, maybe I just repeated it. But... Fishermen will stand beside the sea from uh, El El Getty to uh, Gilman, and it will be a place for the spreading of nets. Its fish will be of very many kinds, like the fish of the great sea. But listen to this, guys. This is a warning that God gives us. But its swamps and marshes will not become fresh. They will be left for salt. Wow. If we want to experience the river, we want the river just for our own benefit, you know, just for a t- nice tingle feelings just to keep me healthy and whole. And that, I, I think we can believe God for healing and health and whole. But if we want the river of God just for us, a swamp or a marsh has water will come in, but it doesn't go out, Right? So we just want the Spirit of God to come in, but we're not willing to allow His Spirit to come out of us because maybe we don't think He would use us, and we get all these crazy church ideas that we've been taught all of our life. Well, who do you think you are? you think you're important? You've got to say, yes, I do. You think you're important? Yes? I battled that a long time in my life. Who do I think I am? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm important. Because if the river of God wants to flow out of us, out of our innermost being, then we carry weight, power, and authority. Because wherever the river goes, we have to expect life to come. But if we don't expect that and we don't want that river to go out of us and to flow and to touch someone else, all of a sudden we become a swamp and a marsh. And it will be given over to salt. It will become dead. Dead. Man, we could preach on that, but we could just imagine any groups of people that don't believe that the river can flow, and you, there's some dead places around. Because the river, some people want the river. Sometimes it's even in the charismatic world that want the river for their own tingle feeling, but in their work site and where they live and how they live, they, they don't want anyone to know what they believe, and they don't want anyone to know what they experience and that they can hear God into. Man, we, that's a swamp and a marsh. And you won't be able to survive. It will kill you. The reason we can experience the river of God, the power of God, His Holy Spirit, yes, it touches our life. Praise God for that. Praise God for the encounters. But it's not really as much for us as we think. It's far more for those that could flow through us. But as we allow it to flow through, it keeps flowing in. But the moment we just want to receive and are not willing to let it flow out, we become a swamp and a marsh and it stinks. And there's a few churches in the country that stink because they don't let the river flow through. <laughs> there, there's, there's a few churches that stink because they want the flow the river to flow in, and they think it's all about them. It's not all about them. It's about them being a, a t- to touch their communities. You know, a number of years ago, I was walking in Edmonton, so I'm not used to the big cities, and there was a, there's a street in Edmonton called Church Street, and, uh, I don't know. I'm a farm boy, and I've never been around the inner cities. But here there's a, church, a, a street that's full of churches in downtown, and all the homeless are sleeping all around there. And I've seen this, and they're not really getting help there. The churches are totally useless and dead. And, there's a chur- and these are the old churches of the city. And I'm like, oh, my God, what is going on? Because they become a swamp and a marsh, and they become a heritage symbol, but they're useless. That's why I love what you're doing. You're pretty fresh here. (laughs) It's good. It's a challenge. He told me one of the challenges is new believers. How many people, what's a new believer in this house? How many people are within two years of a believer? Just stand. Within two years. Just one. Oh, there's the guy. There's more than that. Some, some of you maybe don't know, you know. But some, how many within five years? You know, within five years, man, it's been within five years. Any more? Any more extra? Let's say within five years. Anyways, but regardless of who's standing, I know that it's a new church. There's a lot of new people. So you got some older people, but some of you, it's you're entering into new revelation. And so some of you, you you know you've been a believer, but you're entering into a new season of revelation. And uh, I, I. I mean, I, told, I was told that half of you guys are gone today, and yet we're still pretty full here this morning. And, and so, and this is a rented building. And uh, some, you guys have to ponder this. If God's moving in this, what's your portion to really see the future? I don't know if it's keep renting or buy or build. And buying and building is expensive. And you can't buy or build something without the strong, unified support of the people, or it'll kill what you're doing. But if you guys have a strong unified support that what, what the, this is God, then you could do anything. You could build a bi- you could buy the biggest building in the city. if there's a unanimous support. Now I just encourage you, pastor, that when you're in the church and you look at the people in your leadership, be really honest with who you're looking at and how much do they say, "You know what? this is it. I'm not this God. Where else would I go? And if this is where you are at then you could do anything. But if, if it's not, we've got to be honest and say, how many people would fall off the moment there's a little bit of debt? Or a little bit of this, and I don't like debt. So you know what I'm saying. You'd have to, to be honest and to know where you're at, how committed are you guys to seeing this go forward? And if you're really saying, you know what, this has to go forward, as a body, you can do anything. Does that make sense? But, but if you try to push forward on faith, but you don't have the back end of the people, it'll be a disaster. And, so, and nobody wants that. So I think it's important to be really real, but I think you guys have a purpose here. So, anyways, um, this whole this story I, I could keep going, but I, I think, man, I, you can keep reading yourself. Uh, finish off to verse up to twelve, and it, we'll read verse twelve. And on the banks on both sides of the river, the uh, river there will grow all kinds of trees for food. The leaves will be uh, the leaves will not wither, uh, nor will the fruit fail. But they will bear f- uh, fresh fruit every month, and because the water uh, for them, for the because of the water. Now I'm stumbling in my reading. <laughs> for them flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food, and their leaves for healing. You know, you can just if you write, if you happen to be writing notes, or even maybe the pastor take this um, in Psalms chapter one, verse one to three. It talks about a river, and it talks about whatever he does shall prosper. It talks about blessed man, and it'll be like trees along a river. And you'll also see it in Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. And it talks, it says almost the same thing about a tree planted by the rivers, and there'll be fruit in its season every month. So if you say, man, I have a bad month. I'm just down today. I'm just doing that. No, man, you're not planted by the river. It makes sense? And if you're really crazy and you really believe God wants to use you powerfully, in Revelation 22, in the end of the book, it says, God showed me a river of water, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God. You know, maybe there's an area that we're going to grow into, but as a church, God's calling us into allowing that river of God to be so clear, And so pure as crystal. And again, the the wording in Revelation is exactly the same as what you read in Ezekiel. It's exactly the same as what you read in Jeremiah. And yet, it's talking about a clear river, pure as crystal, proceeding from the throne. So we can partake in the throne room of God, and our lives can allow the pureness of God flowing through us. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, you know, let's not use it as an excuse. Like little words like I'm only human, that's, it's demonic. It's demonic. If you see yourselves as only human, you need to encounter Jesus, okay? Now, it's not arrogance. I'm not trying to tell you you all need to be arrogant. Please, never. It's not about arrogance. It's about being firmly established in your heart, knowing that you carry the river, the life of God is carried within your being, carried within your life. And sometimes church has taught us that God is in, yeah, of course, God, I'm not trying to, but, but when we enter into a place with God that allows him to use us and to flow through us, all of a sudden it unleashes a river that transforms a nation. Otherwise, do you really think it's God's will to see some of the things in our country that we see? Do you really think that I just, no, I just can't, it can't be that. Never. You, I just don't believe that. I believe we've not understood the river, the authority, the weight, the power that God wants to allow us to carry within our beings. And that is something that can't be stopped. It can't be, you can't be stopped. If you, it says, though, in John chapter 7, it says, if you believe in me as the scriptures have said, not what your priest told you. You know what I'm saying? Not what a book told you. And so there's some good books. But there's some books that lead us astray as well. If you believe in me as the scriptures have said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. Out of your belly. And then it says in the scriptures that this river of living water can bring life everywhere it goes. Amen? Is this a good word? is this more than you realize when you said yes to jesus but sometimes i think you're a seer so you could see a lot even before you gave your life to jesus you could see things you could see the demonic realm you've seen snakes you've seen things and you actually came to jesus because you've seen so much of the demonic realm that you realize that there was another realm that could overpower that and you've seen the great battles and you've seen some wild stuff and you realize Jesus is the victor. So you said, I'm coming on the victor's side. And I, don't know, I know that's why you're here. You're seeing things. And sometimes in the church, you've got to realize not everybody sees the way you see. Some of us have been pretty blinded off. We, we just, we, I don't know. But, but the word of God shows us that when we believe the word, we actually become seers. I've been told I'm a seer, and I'm like, no, I don't see nothing. He says, you see all kinds of things. So I realize that we, bl- we blind ourselves it's, and we have the wrong idea sometimes of what it means to see. We have the wrong idea to know what it is that the power of God upon our life. I've seen Joel on Facebook a little bit, and he asked me, uh, he asked, what do you think on oh, just watching? And I says, you're, you're, you're a greater man than I could see on camera. So that's the value of in-person meeting. But his camera doesn't do most of us justice. It, it, and that, because it's single-dimensional. So I love this guy. I love his heart. Yeah. So Lord I man God I, I thank you God you you Lord I thank you that your that your river Lord your spirit your life your very life is the river that your very life wants to flow out of our innermost being out of out of our very lives. And today Lord some of us have been in that just wanting a little bit of your river or not understanding and we've never really understood that you want to allow yourself to flow through our life. And if we stop your flow, it actually has the power to stop you, God. And so we actually blame you, God, for why we have bad circumstances, but really we haven't allowed your river to flow out of our life and bring life wherever we go. So, Lord, I pray for each person here today. I pray, Lord, that your river, as the scriptures have said, which is talking about the Holy Spirit, would flow, would become a part of, would, be, would, would, would attach, your river would be attached to each person, Lord, in this place. Lord, I pray that no one would become a swamp and a marsh. Sometimes we just need people to pray for us, and that's okay. But sometimes we realize we, we never know how to give back. And Lord, I pray that you would help people to give as they have received. Lord, that you would allow people to realize they can bring a word of encouragement or they can pray healing or, or they can just bring the spirit of God to people as they have received the spirit of God. And, and without even trying, sometimes we bring life to people around us just because we've encountered you so if you got any better advice than I do I we need to close but I don't want to close prematurely and so maybe if you'd all just stand for the moment and uh we've already gone around and circled and you guys pray for each other and I love I love what you guys bring but you know in Africa I in Africa, I rarely pray for anybody personally. And I, there's so much. I love your heart, man. You're a gem. And and and, and, and th- there is a river that's been built up and unleashed. But sometimes you put a little bit of a dam there because you would look at yourself and you just kind of know your own shortcomings and challenges. And so sometimes it wasn't that you were just trying to hoard the river, but you didn't realize that you had the – that God wa- – Gave, that you had clean enough hands to allow the river to be released through your life. And so today, in the name of Jesus, we just say, Lord, take away. We just remove any dams, that any dam work that, is, that has stopped the river in his life through a, a, a lack of maybe identity or maybe a lack of feeling like he knows the word enough or, or just maybe some personal failures. And so in the name of Jesus, we just remove... And we break down that dam that has tried to stop the river to flow. And, God, that the river would just flow through them as a couple. Lord, for people in this place, God. I know people were healed already today. I, I know, but, Lord, any other person that still needs healing in their body, just raise your hand if you still need healing in your body. So in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that the river of God that is in this house, the river of God that is upon my life, Lord, your river, Lord God, I pray that your river would just flow through each aisle, through each person, Lord. I pray that your river would bring life and healing, Lord, and deliverance and freedom and salvation, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Lord, that your river, Lord, would completely come and saturate, Lord, each person today. Lord, I think of back problems, Lord, that have plagued people. In the name of Jesus, they'd be whole. Lord, kidney failures, Lord, in the name of Jesus, be made new. And liver problems and heart problems and lungs. Cancers in the name of Jesus to die. Asthma's just as leave leave, be gone, schizophrenia and anxiety and worry and fear that seems to plague our nation. In the name of Jesus, that demonic stronghold to get out of this house, that when people enter this house, those things just flee. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for a fresh touch of your spirit. Lord, it says ankles and knees and waist and into a river that cannot be crossed. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, the water is rising in this house. The water is rising in our lives. I thank you, Lord, your water is rising upon us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we wouldn't resist the water as it rises, but we would allow ourselves to swim and trust you in your goodness and in your river and realize that wherever we go now, we can bring the life of God as we are living in his river and in his life. Jesus. Jesus. And Lord, we thank you for our province. We're Albertans here today. And Lord, we thank you for Alberta and I thank you, Lord, that you want to use us to affect our province. We're not going to wait for somebody else, but you're going to use us, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Each one of us has a different road. You're not going to all look like me or the pastor or Dwayne or, or somebody else here today. We all have our own individual walk and our own individual river and our own channel that God is going to carry us on a journey in. We're not all getting it. We're in the Spirit River, but we're in our own individual channel of water river that God is leading us in so that we can bring life to wherever we go in our river that God has destined for us in our own lives. We thank you, God. Lord, truly, Lord, let everyone that has come here be receive healing, Lord. Truly, Lord, everyone, Lord, right now, let your, let your spirit touch us, Lord, right from the top of our head and allow your spirit to just start to come down upon, Lord, over the face and the eyes, the nose and the mouth, Lord. Let your liquid river, Lord, just start coming down upon us bringing healing to the mind, bringing healing to the neck, into the shoulders, Lord, through the heart, and the upper organs, Lord, and the back, Lord. and As your river just starts to go down, our being, Lord, even sexual organs, Lord, in the name of Jesus, there'd be healing to come in, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Hips, Lord, blood, blood issues, Lord, muscles, muscle injuries, torn ligaments, In the name of Jesus, right through the knees, knee injuries, new cartilages, new freedom in the knees, right into the ankles and the feet and the toes, in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Bless you. So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for each person. I thank you, Lord, for your river. I thank you for life. I thank you, Lord, for your life, that you can use us and that we can be in your river. We can enjoy the benefits. We can enjoy the, 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 the feeling of allowing others to live because of us. And, Lord, we would continue to allow your river to grow in our lives. And we wouldn't resist you, Lord. Help us not to resist you. And that we would continually live a surrendered life that it can allow, that we can just flow in your river to allow your river to flow out of us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.